Welcome to Straight to the Point, completely off topic with your host, Kyle Dunbar. And today I'm excited, extremely excited to have Derb Morrison in here. Derb, the fact yeah. that you're here means that I have made it, that my podcast has made it. <laughs> well, it's good to be on here, brother. You know, I know you've been trying to get me on here for a second now, so it's nice to uh, find some time, especially within my crazy, crazy schedule right now this month. Uh, with Why is it so crazy up. this month? Let's talk about it. Man, Actually, my- let, let me sing your praises for a minute. You mind? Yeah, go right ahead, brother. Right. Someone's got listen. This is Derb Morrison. He tattooed with Sailor Moses back in Biloxi and, and now and then he started stained skin. All these things are icons in our industry of some sorts. He started Hell City. And if you haven't heard of, of any of the other things he's done, then you've definitely heard of Hell City. If you haven't, then who the fuck are you? Why are you even listening to this? Where Go somewhere and figure out what the fuck Hell City is. Um, <laughs> he also started True Tubes uh, and one of an innovator inside of tattooing you brought steel tips to plastic tubes yes sir which was an important thing back in the day many kids won't understand with these cartridges but that meant something yeah very true (laughs) that was a big invention actually for tattooing yeah well talk about that for a minute then oh wait i have to finish that he's also uh his his better half is servina fox i'm saying that right right uh yeah servena Servena? Okay. Yeah, Sir, Sorry Sir, about that. No, it's I, all good. Candy, Candy corrected me already once on it because I was going to call it Yeah, so many people say Servina. So, yeah, you're fine, man. I don't think she's corrected me. That's my... That's my um, <laughs> and she won't. Yeah, she won't. Right on. She's, she just looks down. Oh, yeah, she poor child. You <laughs> I get it. Um, No, but also married to Servena Fox and on Say Yes to the Dress. Yeah. Yeah, we had uh, yeah, we had the say yes to the dress uh, wedding that was in Vegas, actually. Uh, that one we've had actually we've had three weddings, believe it or not. Tomorrow's one of our anniversaries from our um, the the actual like legal wedding date that we did here in Ohio. Three weddings to each other. We should probably right yeah, 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 <laughs> for each other. Yeah, I've never been married to any other woman in my life, and um, that's just so uh, she can get the visa or. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. You tell me, bro. <laughs> oh, she, we can't talk uh, we about met, that. Actually, it's funny because we both met in uh, in Ireland, and we were both traveling. And I, I got so yes, it is for the visa. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's like, here's my American. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we met there at um, the Titanic Tattoo Expo. I got flown into Dublin to teach tattoo seminars, mm-hmm. and then we drove up to Belfast, Ireland, like three and a half hours north. And um, she was just there, you know, signing autographs and meet people. I think she was performing at the show. So I just stepped up and uh, charmed the panties right off of her. Yeah. Servana is a, uh, a burlesque performer. Yes. Yep. Fire performer, bur- mainly fire performer. focus in mainly on her uh, burlesque. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to see her act in Toronto. Nice. And uh, they they allowed fire on the set, and it looked like the opening of a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> Pretty was, much, everything was on fire. Just everything was on fire. It's spinning around. We got some stunning images from that. Yeah, yeah, very she's, entertaining. She's dangerous, dangerous. Is that what attracted you to her? Yeah, I think so. You know, like uh, I'm sure a lot of tattooers <laughs> can agree with this, but I can't. I mean. Uh-huh. I can't have a girl that doesn't have something going on because I'm so busy too. That that when we found each other and we realized, like, okay, we both have goals, we got ambitions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it works out like that because I have a girl that understands the time that it takes to do what I do. You know, yeah. And likewise with her, 
it's, it's tricky with, you know, tattoo artist relationships because of the time that it takes, you know, for tattoo artists. So we really need to have women that understand our schedule and support us, you know, at the same time. And I don't know that I've ever seen you guys in the same. I just realized this. I, I probably has. But I don't know if I've ever seen you in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I've been mentioning that to her too. I'm like, we do a lot of like, cause she does her schedule and I do mine. And then we're like, Oh shit, you're doing that show. I'm doing this one. Fuck. You know? Okay. So, yeah. Lately we've been pretty, pretty bad about that. Uh, as far as like hitting the same shows. Is, is that what it is? Or is it like the REO Speedwagon? What's that? What's Everybody the needs a little time away. Oh yeah. I heard no, her say. You know what? <laughs> we don't like the time apart to be honest with you. Um, but we also think that that's like a really good thing as far as right. just in relationships in general. Like, like you said, that they're ready a little time away. It gives us time when we have a week or two apart to, you know, focus on what we do and, and, and separately and don't not to forget ourselves in the relationship, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, we'll spend two sometimes. I mean, we just spent, shit, I think four and a half weeks apart, which is really difficult, but I had to come here to Ohio where I'm organizing the health city tattoo fest I'm training and doing stuff like that. And she had to stay in Vegas because she actually has like a full-time job there where she has to dance every, pretty much every night or every other night. So it's steady. Like yes. a contract. Yep. Yeah. Like that's a big deal in Vegas. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard to get that. Yeah. And she, uh, she's working at a place called it's, it's area 15, but there's a, a small side thing called lost spirits distillery. Okay. And, uh, yeah. She's in there performing. I think like Thursday through Saturday every week but you know, as you're getting ready for hell city that's keeping you guys apart yes exactly so that's why it's been the, the four and a half weeks i mean she's here in ohio now we just got back together like a week ago awesome um, but you know I, it, I, it works it gets tough after a couple of weeks of being apart you know kind of drives me a little nuts sometimes but yeah um, because how else are you going to post a, a naked photo of yourself i know you man. Have a naked photo of your wife in yeah it we can't put out to make it okay photos all the all the butt cheek shots everywhere we go if you're not <laughs> familiar with derb morrison he's an influencer also on instagram i think i forgot to give you that yes, i don't sir. know what he influences but I don't there's, know, there's a bit of skin involved <laughs> there is a bit of skin i think people are just following me <laughs> from my butt cheeks or my wife's butt cheeks well, Kennedy was going through it and uh, with me, we're doing a little research, you know, and mm -hmm. eventually she finally saw your butt cheeks and she was like, well, about time we saw some man. Ass Welcome to here. the club. Welcome to the club. It seems like you're <laughs> fascinated with your wife's own. Uh, yeah. Ample. Yeah, it looks a little bit better than mine. A little, a little more plump. I'll agree. I'll agree. I think you do great. I do. You do incredible work, but honestly, you could hit the gym more often. Man. Right. Yeah. I need some fucking <laughs> squats, bro. Yeah, yeah if you were thing. if it was dumb and dumber, they wouldn't be impressed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we're uh we're back together. We're pretty much just working. I think she leaves again on Thursday though, dude. And I don't see her again till fucking Hell City while I'm setting up Thursday in chaos. So I'll be like, hey, what's up? There's my wife. All right. Hey, do you on. do you get some time after Hell City? You have to plan a vacation. Yeah, after Hell City, yeah, we usually find some time. I have to go. I'm I'm here for two days after Hell City. Um, just situating in like I have guest stars here at Red Tree Tattoo Gallery, so we have uh, Paul Booth, um, Ty McEwen. Brother, those are big names. Yeah, to have Paul Booth here guest spotting at my shop is fucking yeah, the, uh, a pinnacle for me for sure. Who you else know? did you say? I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, I was just uh, my draw Ty actually McEwen. dropped. You know, Ty McEwen. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So Ty will be here. And I, I imagine some other artists from Hell City are going to be like, hey, 
And then, you know, we have 12 booths here, though, at Red Tree Tattoo Gallery downtown. So it's we have so much space in this place. I just bought this facility. It's like a 10,000 square foot facility with Mm -hmm. just tons of room, man. So if I even needed to make another booth, I could make one you know, pretty quick. You're making your own fantasy factory. You got a foam pit? Pretty much. Dude, that's what a lot of people said. They go, this feels like a fantasy factory because out in the out in the warehouse we have, you know, Mm -hmm. get the supply company, but a quarter of the warehouse out there is still just kind of like event space where we have paint nights um you know we'll do like uh music and arts uh events here um you know just different stuff out there paint nights with the shop public paint nights as well let's Um, get into that but first let me i think we're i don't want to gloss over hell city because people don't know what is hell city people in australia they may not yep well hell cities uh this is going to be our 20th year of the hell city tattoo fest and hell city has been a, a convention that i put together starting back in 2002 where i kind of had a different insight a different focus a different visual uh you know direction that i was taking with uh tattoo conventions at that time mm-hmm. mainly looking at other conventions looking at ways that we can improve ways that things should be improved and kind of like applied that in our you know in the formula for hell city and um you know it's just it's been a winning formula and it's been one that also a lot of other conventions have taken notes, you know, and, and paid attention to kind of what we've done with the, with the festival. So like as though focused. you've brought all of tattooing conventions up to another level. Yeah. Cause somewhat I would you know, which is, is an honor. Yeah. Cause I've had a lot of convention promoters come to hell city just to be like, literally to pick my brain, be like, how do you do this, man? Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are you getting this? And I don't hold anything back, man. The, the way I look at me doing conventions uh-huh. is at the end of the day, when I'm doing done doing conventions, or I'm done with Hell City. If I've, you know, contributed to making conventions better overall, the focus on the artists and the visual aspect, and you know, the mm-hmm. mission accomplished. You know, so it's been a it's been a pleasure. Doing so you it. don't mind sharing so much of that information? Exactly, man. The only thing now you're that- doing by not sharing information is holding holding the industry back or holding you know holding it going to the next level. So I've always worked hard to present Hell City in a, like a friendly kind of like. I felt like it's my, my mission to paint tattooing in such a positive light mm-hmm. to to people that may not have ever been to a convention or experienced the industry side of it. When they come into Hell City, one, they're going to run into a bunch of friendly faces and personalities and stuff, too. But mm-hmm. also visually, they're kind of like immersed in this, the circus banners and just everything that we have, all the pull ups and the tattoo people woodcuts and just there's stuff everywhere. It's this year in Ohio. We're doing um, this is our biggest hell city we've ever done actually it was one that we had started organizing before oh, the mm-hmm. pandemic but now we're actually able to um to do the largest hell city we've had so okay that's only shit what three and a half weeks away so did it give you extra planning time yeah it did um awesome it did but it, it's actually been one of our more difficult ones to kind of regroup to put on uh, okay. because when the pandemic hit we were a month outside of putting on hell city and then oh. pandemic hit, man, and that scurried everybody. So artists have changed right. shops. So it's just been an ordeal trying to round everybody up and track them down. And, or, you know, are they bringing the same artists with them? And that artist mm-hmm. is here now. So that's been a challenge this year, but we're, we're ready, man. We're back on track with, uh, with everything, man. And a lot of, a lot of pre-sales going on. Our rooms are all sold out already. So I think we're, oh, we're in for a really, really good year you know, and just the comeback year. So where does hell city come from the name? Hell city originally was a t-shirt company that, um, I had in my tattoo studio. It was all tattoo based, 
um, artwork on, on t-shirts. You okay. know? So it was yeah. like, this is like 1994. This is before any other tattoo clothing company, you know, like was like out there really doing anything. And we had, it's called Hell City Industries. We had a catalog out and everything back then. Um, so originally it came from Hell City Industries. Um, when the partner that I had screen printing uh, moved, I kept the name, he took the equipment. And then I just kind of sat on the name Hell City Industries for for years. And as I'm trying to figure out like what to call the convention, first Hell City <laughs> called capital city arts and music fest boring right so I was, oh, I was outside one day and i think i was just looking at my knee and i'm like hell city and hell city hell city tattoo fest fuck yes and then that's kind of where the the name spawns so i'm like it's catchy it's mildly controversial uh, to people in their yeah. mind and i've and, we've got a bone to pick with you here in michigan oh, home shit. of the actual hell city yeah you guys do have the hell city <laughs> now what is that? Tell me about that. I have no idea. It's a small little place in the middle of nowhere called Hell. And I think they'll sell you a deed of land in Hell for um it's illegal, it's not real, but you get one inch square. They will sell you, you can be the mayor for a day. Actually, not maybe that's why should maybe you guys should have kind of um a coming together of minds. You should come up here, pay the money. It's gonna be like <laughs> I don't know, what, 25 cents. It's Michigan, so everything's cheap. Um My can I put on a tattoo convention in hell on the one inch by one inch square piece of land I get? Uh, I don't know, like a flea convention. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's a pretty, I, I, I apologize to anybody listening in hell. My impression of it is it's a kind of a podunk little city. And there's yeah. not a whole lot going on. I don't think there's much name. there either. Yeah, from what I've heard before, too. But you guys could have one of them Twin Cities kind of things going on, you know? <laughs> Columbus out here in Ohio and our sister, you know, in, in Michigan, we're right. trying to make friends in Michigan. You know, that's important for Ohio. And yeah, Michigan. definitely. Definitely. Well, Michigan's got, you know, you guys got Detroit uh, Motor City Expo too, which is always, that's been one of my favorite ones all these years. Oh yeah. And Trent I, I runs a great show too. So yeah, it's a fucking great show. You were there this year too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I, yep. I, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's just a fun show to go. I don't know that I, I mean, actually I worked a lot this year. But usually I try and just have fun. Yeah, it is a fun show. It's usually my most costly show because of that. Like when I see it, my yeah. at the end of the weekend, you're like, oh, wow. Well, but all our friends us. are coming in. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. That's that's one of the things I like about conventions, man, is like I call it the tattoo family. You know, you get to catch mm -hmm. up with everybody, see what they're doing, look at their work. I don't know, man. It's been that way. So, some, you know, I've been doing conventions shit almost 30 years now. Yeah, 30 years since I was 18. That's the first Which one. we so want to get into because it starts with Sailor Moses, but I want to first, if you don't mind, I yeah, keep go on ahead. going a little bit off topic, but I also want to mention it's not just Hell City, Columbus. Though. Yeah, we do it down there at uh, the Arizona Biltmore, actually in Phoenix, Arizona. And the Arizona Biltmore, I don't know if anybody knows what the Arizona mm. Biltmore is, but it's it's a five-star resort spa. They've got crazy okay. land. It's just beautiful. So, um, you know, the presidents stay there. I think over the last 50 years, every president's actually stayed there. I've been there when like Metallica's there, Chili Peppers, like just all these Leonard Skinner stayed there one year. So it's oh, just wow. kind of really right a place. It's they, they call it the, uh, the jewel of the desert. I'm glad you mentioned those names. Cause when you're talking about just the presidents and stuff, I was like, so we bring the place in class is what you're saying. Right. <laughs> exactly. We are the presidents. But no, there's, it's one of those places that when people show for Hell City in Arizona, down there in Phoenix, they go, 
how the hell did you let this get this place to let you put on a tattoo convention? Uh-huh. Because it's so nice, you know, that's not your typical right. venue. The Ohio shows like that too, man. Like you've been to the uh, the Hyatt there. It's just it's three levels. I mean, two levels of convention, but it's a three level kind of show with the, the complete downstairs. Um, and the venues are just really, really nice. And I think that attributes to the comfort of the attendees and the artists. And and some know. of the things that you'll see at your show that you don't really catch as much of at other shows uh, is True. the painting. Yeah. I mean, the seminar is crazy, too. I should mention if you're learning tattooing, you should definitely come. There's yeah. seminars. You every I mean, every second of the day you could be learning. Yeah. Yep. And then go downstairs and go to the painting area you're doing live painting or there are artists yeah. doing live painting as well right yep. yeah we got the wet paint project uh <coughs> chris dingwell brings the uh paint project or the wet paint project every year to hell city and that usually has about about 10 to 15 artists painting live and you drop stage. his instagram for us i apologize but you know yeah, it. it's uh i think it's just chris dingwell okay it yeah. just like it sounds and man that guy's off the chain with that stuff so uh, he does dude. like some kind of weird wet acrylic yeah, uh, it's almost it's not abstract. It's realism based usually, right? But he's yeah, but it's like a it. collage of weird morphs, and he's got he's definitely has his own little little style going. You can tell yes. Chris Singwell painting, but yeah, like you said, mm-hmm. it's a very kind of. Uh, I mean, I think that he does all. I think he does acrylic. He probably does a little mm-hmm. bit of everything, but like well, I think the, he's spraying it with something at the same time as is well, that what acrylic, it is? right? That's what yeah, I thought. I thought you were I talking think that about might be it, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you said wet acrylic as well. So I thought maybe that was his technique with it. But yeah, I think I there think. is a medium that he, he uses as a carrier. Yeah. He's either using like a glazing or like a retardant or something like that to, to work it for a while. But when he first brought the wet paint project, like we've had other live painting, like we've had Guy Jason do multiple events, you know, at Hell City uh, with the reinventor of the tattoo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So guys, he's been a part of the, 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 you know, Hell City shows for shit, almost since the beginning, you know, and this year, actually, it's funny you mentioned seminars and education because this year we're letting uh, Guy Aitchison's uh, reinventing the tattoo. They're, they're taking mm-hmm. over the seminar room and they've, they've rounded up the seminars this year and they have people like beaming in, uh, they got live, you know, live educators, but then they also it have, will like, be virtual. available on their reinventing the tattoo podcast podcast. I'm um, hoping then. It's, it's going to be more reinventing live. I think that what they're going to do is you okay. can you can buy a ticket um, to enter the seminar room. Then you can watch all the seminars, the live ones and the um, the ones that are going to be virtually brought in. That makes know. sense. Yeah. 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 It might be a little bit too much information. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's the first year we've actually let somebody take over the seminars. Oh, OK. Know, usually it's me organizing them and stuff like that. So we had from 2020 show before it got canceled we had three seminars so those stayed active i handed those off to guy and them who has had a passion for for just that am i not wrong uh for education yeah Yeah, a lot of what they're doing i mean they're doing like full college course type stuff now on that reinventing um, app where you have like college courses and so it's actual first kind of like college-based course on tattooing okay i got some friends that take it like my buddy phil robertson he's taking it and he says he gets up i just saw phil recently yeah prank cleveland like last weekend oh really yeah 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 well i say last week no it wasn't i'm sorry (laughs) yeah i forgot we had this time off (laughs) when we're not traveling everything just kind of 
I don't know, it becomes like clay. It's not, right. it doesn't have any distinct boundaries of which day is which. Right. Is what. I think because we've, we've all traveled so much all of our careers too, you know, hitting shows and conventions and guest spots and stuff like that too. But, um, right. Yeah. They kind yeah, of Phil, bleed into the next. Yeah. Phil was just talking because I didn't realize that the reinventing was like a college course. And they've literally got a structure now, like a college course, you know, shit that we never thought would okay. happen in the past, you know, is now, uh, now happening. Well, certain some stuff that people stood against in some large fashion, too. True. Yeah. Um, true. I think there's a, my, my argument for in this case, uh, not in this case, but even prior, I guess, for that was a lot of people have really, really shitty uh, apprenticeships, apprenticeships to start, yep. you know? Um, I tell this all the time. I mean, not, not, but like, if you're getting into it, pick a good mentor. And if you, if you, you just don't pick the first one, a lot of girls, especially have a hard time with it. I don't know if they're, um, they, they get put through the ringer on it, you know? And sometimes if you're uh, not able to voice up too, you'll get put through the ringer. So you have to pick your mentor. Very, very important. Yeah. Very true. And I think some, some people can try to take advantage of people too, during their apprenticeships. You know, yes. the, whether it's money based or just not giving them the focus that they originally seek out, you know, from the, uh, yep. the artist. Uh, now, at the same time, I've heard a lot of crybaby apprentices yeah. <laughs> that also bitch about doing a car wash. And you're like, you know what, dude, his car probably needed to be washed. Yeah. Like, exactly. I don't know what you thought you were bringing to the, the but if, if you weren't paying the guy and you were just working work. He had to find something for you to do. You thought he was going to have you tattooing? Shit. Yeah. Hey, fucking people's skin on. on and go out to the street and hand out these cards. Yeah. We, um, we, we had to get stopped by the police. And I guess maybe we took it a little bit too far. Uh, but and I didn't do any of the duct taping <laughs> except, for, <laughs> except for the Coca-Cola. I duct taped a Coca-Cola to his chest so he had something to drink out in the chair. But our apprentice, <laughs> on the day he graduated, he was duct taped to the chair and set out to the road until the <laughs> cops came and actually said, you can't do that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, like nowadays, <laughs> you can't do as much crazy apprentice stuff, you know, as, as you know, yesterday. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to get canceled bugging your apprentice. You know, we're trying to fuck with them. <laughs> well, that then in becomes, I think, one of the, the the better reasons for a college at this point, because yeah. it, it might have been that you were going to be preyed on at one point, and now maybe at least puts these kids in the proper student position. You know, yeah. Like you're coming here to learn, so you're not here to fuck off. Get it done, and you don't have to worry about the other aspects of it. You know, yeah. or the, some, some of the bad. Yeah, definitely. Oh. I, I think the apprentice, apprenticeships are very important, though. But like you said, it's seeking out the right one. You know. Speaking uh, of apprenticeships, let's go back to yours, Sailor Moses. That's a big name, brother. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Moses was the fucking man. He taught me a lot, actually. I I didn't really apprentice under Moses. So how I came to be with Moses okay. uh, by the time I was nineteen is so when I was eighteen, I got brought into a professional studio in Columbus, Ohio, under a gentleman Tim Miller who actually learned from Marty Holcomb, who tattoos for me. Uh, Marty's like one of the godfathers in Ohio of tattooing um, and the industry, believe it or not. Um, So I I originally apprenticed under a guy, Tim Miller, straight out of high school. I was already tattooing, 
Um, so he just kind of refined me. Um, Where were you tattooing at then? Just in, in the kitchen magician kind of stage? Uh, or something? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, just really just, yeah, kitchen magician. Um, I had like Yeah, a little... don't even like to mention it because of where I'm at today. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had to give a... the disclaimer, though. Hey, kids. Yeah, don't, don't do, do this it. at home. Unless it's in <laughs> the more you know. So I, um, yeah, I went pretty much straight out of straight out of high school into a studio. You know, I, I did I think six tattoos the first day I worked in a shop, and you know made a pretty good amount of money that first day. And I'm like, holy fucking shit! You know, this can actually be a career. Like all these people tell me I'm wasting my time and thinking I'm some punk skateboarder <laughs> just tattooing everybody. Like I can make this into a career and prove everybody wrong. Did you <laughs> want to go to your counselor right away? Just throw it in his face. Right, drop yeah. a lot of cash on his desk. No, here's here's the funny thing, Kyle, is that I got kicked out of the house at 17 uh, by my father for doing a... Yeah, hilarious. What a punch. Yeah, line. dude. And, and fucking, <laughs> for doing I, what? I was, for What did you get kicked out for? For, for doing a tattoo on my buddy, uh, Jamie. <laughs> for yeah, doing your vocation. Had, yes. My dad at that time had seen that I had like a homemade tattoo machine and we were from like a small town. So he goes, don't be catch you doing that shit in my house or you're out of here. Right. And I'm like, all right, whatever. You know how we defy <laughs> our parents. Right. So he, um, he fell asleep drunk one night, you know, and he, he never woke up except for this fucking night. <laughs> but uh, I like to catch it. Yeah, I was like, all right, he's asleep. Let's go. You know, and like, I'm not joking, man. We had just started the tattoo on him, and my bedroom door literally got kicked in, not off the hinges. Oh, man. Kicked in, mm-hmm. violently, pretty much kicked out of my dad's house. I had to go next door to my right. friend's house to finish the tattoo. And then I pretty much graduated. <laughs> you still finished the tattoo. I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that's diehard, man. <laughs> You're diehard, <laughs> so brother. Yes. I finished the tattoo. I graduated from high school on my own. Uh, got my own, you know, diploma, went across the stage on my own. Nobody there. Um, uh, and then I fucking moved, yeah. And then I moved the fuck out, I'm man. Sorry, moved, man. That's all right. I moved to uh, Newark originally and I lived with a bunch of my punk rock friends tattooing out of an apartment um, and getting better actually, because they trusted me. They knew I was an artist. So I would, you know, tattoo a bunch of my punk rock friends and eventually Tim Miller in Columbus, <laughs> Ohio started seeing some of my work. And he told me to, he, he told my friends to tell me to come up and speak with him. So I did. Um, and then right out of high school, he offered me a job. You know? He didn't want to break your hands or no, he didn't no, go no. that far. He's, He's all, like, I give you. Okay. Maybe you didn't know that was the other option. He was like, yeah, Listen, I mean, you want I a job? Direction. I thought, you know, one <laughs> like, of the fuck you and your job, ball peen hammer. Right. Yeah. So, but no, it was, it was one of the best things that ever happened in my, in my life, literally. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was with, I was with Tim for almost a year and then he, Besides your friends, was that the first real acceptance that you had as far as inside of tattooing then? Yeah, I, I would say so. Other than my like punk rock friends and my skateboard friends, but yeah. like, as far as like meeting people that truly appreciated what I was doing and my art and the quality of tattoos. Yeah, that was the first real appreciation. And then to be yeah, able to make could. a living off of it as well, you know, and to have a comfortable life based off of my hard mm-hmm. work and just sticking with it, not not putting the machines down when people told me to, to stop or they were going to kick me out like I knew mm-hmm. I had something. And at that point, I knew I had something that was u- unique to me. It was something that I had found that nobody around me was doing, you know, and, yeah, you know, and then to find out I could make a career. So it was very tattooing to me was very, and it still is. It's very special because of, I found it. It was something I found on my own. It's like, you know, the power yeah, you found I've right? excelled in it and I, and I've reaped the benefits, not just like financially or that crap. I don't care about that, but like, I've reaped the benefits as far as like friends and community, 
and skills and you know just all the other things that come with with well the rest of the world judges us by that by the money so i'm going to guess there's some point i'm hoping is your dad still around that he gets to see you as a success and Um, he gets to change his opinion a bit no (laughs) actually my father he passed uh in 2020 uh mainly from he he was a chain smoking alcoholic so it's a matter of time Um, okay here's the reality is he never came to my convention he, he never got to see this. No, he. I think he's been in my tattoo shop one time. You know, and that's did he ever come to an acceptance from, of it? He knew. Okay, he loved to throw my name around. You know, because everybody <laughs> okay, knew good. who Dirt was in, in Newark because that was the yes. hometown. So he loved that aspect, but he truly never came to to see what his son did. You know, well, it's got to be hard, right? Yeah, I mean, I, when I you stand in opposition and you say that's wrong, this whole amount of time you. So much yeah. that you would kick you out of the house. That's that meant yeah. a lot to him, I'm sure. And yeah. Then how do you I, sit there and eat that when you're like, "Damn, I should have actually been buying him a tattoo machine." <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Or maybe just come see what you know what he uh, inspired. I guess. By yes. Me you think that was the drive? I mean, part of the drive because I mean, yeah. everybody's your punk rock friend is giving you acceptance, but that also means that there's more people. In my opinion, that means there's I would more definitely society say, saying, "Don't." Yeah, I would stop. say that. Mm-hmm. That's logs on the fire, you know, that keeps me burning is when people either doubt you or like that. Yes. Since, you know, where I'm like, oh, yeah, watch this. Watch me go. You know, yeah. so now I think, you know, in, in ways things are meant to happen, you know, even though he didn't wasn't really aware what his son did or how big of a production that I did. I don't know. It's it's, it's a powerful thing, too. I, I hope that there's a lesson for anybody that's not wanting to buy their, that's thinking about kicking their sons out from tattooing. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe buy yeah. him a machine, man. Just saying. The rest of my family is amazing. I um I've tattooed my sister's entire back. She's got a back piece, and she comes to Hell City pretty much every year. My mom, I've tattooed my mom. Um, she comes and she supports. What she get tattooed on her? My mom's got just a little butterfly on her arm. Okay. Whole tiny thing. My sister's got a big geisha back piece holding like a yellow canary with a lotus and really really right. cool shit. Um, so yeah, I mean, other people I've tattooed my cousins and, and stuff like that too. So it was mainly, you know, like we can all agree that there's a generational gap of people that accept tattoos and that don't. Yes. And he was yeah. in that generation that, that right on that cusp of being like non-acceptance of it. Right. You know, so but right. I'm glad he was worried gone. for you. Yeah. Everything's going to be bad for you. If you choose this, that's bad. how I think it was. I think he was looking at tattoos like this criminal, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're going to ruin the family <laughs> reputation. And everything he was taught told him to stop you from yeah. doing it. And then it yep. becomes this. You're a huge success in tattooing. Not just, I mean, everybody. I, I don't know. Maybe if you don't know the name Dirt Morrison, I'd be surprised. Um, right. People drop your name like people drop uh, uh, Paul. Like you dropped Paul Booth's. Yeah. Within the industry, me and Paul included, you know, we've done a lot of really good you know, beneficial, proactive, positive things for tattooing. I think that yes. that stuff resonates, not just our generation, but to the, the next generation as well. When they're going like, where'd this come from? It's like, well, let me tell you kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your old man, Dirt Morrison, <laughs> you know, it, I hope that we end up with more written history of this. Cause I feel like we're losing this history all the time. Yeah. Um, Shanghai. I don't know if she ever, did she ever finish her book or not? I don't uh, know. She did or not hopefully yeah did. i've been waiting <laughs> patiently yeah. and uh and, and uh you got, got stories oh man they're so good too i want to yeah. have her on this show um but 
Also, moving back to. So let's let's go back. The way that I met Moses was um, I had a buddy, Dean DeKine, who tattooed in the state of Delaware. Dean okay. was moving to Palm Springs, California, and then he was moving up to tattoo with Carrie Barba in Anaheim. Big so he hit me up and he's like, hey, man, I heard your shop's getting sold, you know, because he was a sell- Tim was selling the shop. I'm like, yeah, he's like, you want to move to California? I was kind of like. You know, I was 19 at this point. I was like, fuck, yeah, I'll move to California. <laughs> right so on. Within, within probably two weeks of him hitting me up and being like, hey, man, let's go. Like, all my shit was packed up in a U-Haul, motorcycle on the U-Haul. Was um, your tattoo uh, to that level yet? No. You're only 19. at all. Yeah, dude, not at all. So I was like embarked in this whole new mission, going to be put around all these high caliber artists. And I was just right. a little young punk trying to hold my own. So with the first Sink place swim. The first place that me and Dean went, this is before I even knew Moses, is we went to Sturgis, South Dakota. And we did the Sturgis, you know, bike week. Okay. Yeah. You know, 19 crazy shit. And we <laughs> ended up tattooing. Like Dean's like, hey, we're going to tattoo for my buddy Sailor Moses. I'm like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, because I'd known who he was and stuff. So we tattooed for him pretty much that whole week. I think it's like a week, week and a half or something. And mm-hmm. then after that, he was just kind of like, hey, kid, you want a job? you know come down and see me because he was like he liked my tattooing and my personality and all that so but i didn't take him up on the job right away i moved out to palm springs california for about two or three months with uh, with dean and we were tattooing at a shop there and then we moved to anaheim and he started tattooing for carrie and i was just kind of out there just being a you know young punk trying to find tattooing and i didn't have any clientele or anything like that so eventually after you know about a year i decided to move out of california um, and I moved down culture shock, but I moved to Biloxi, Mississippi and started doing, oh, uh, you know, under Moses started doing military tattooing outside of the Keesler air force gates, um, okay. there in Biloxi. And that, to be honest with you, that when I was with Moses is when I truly learned tattooing and I learned okay. not just the art of it, but like the mechanics and the equipment and how to solder needles and, and this, because one day I soldered him, I think it was like a hundred fucking three liners 105 liners you know i did all this soldering being like i'm gonna make these needles awesome super tight they're gonna line yeah great i'm making all sailor moses needles so i made a couple hundred needles yeah they were all tight like too tight too tight wouldn't put you know and he <laughs> right. got this dude yeah yeah machines he's trying to work <laughs> on this back piece you know he's like this fucking kid but the, the good thing about moses is that he would take the time after he was done tattooing and be like, Hey, come here. And he would sit you down and explain like, here's why those needles didn't work. Here's how you do it. And he, so he kind of like microscopically started breaking tattooing down for me, you know, Mm -hmm. while I was with him and my speed for tattooing was going up because I was doing military tattooing. So I had to like get him in, get him out. Yeah. Right. So I was there for a while. And then, and then um, after that, I ended up heading back. I think I came back home for like holidays. And that's when I decided, I was like, you know what? I miss my hometown, miss my friends and family, and I decided to open up my own shop. Um, well, no, I heard there was plenty of the, the not just your growth in uh, Biloxi, but also that there was plenty of wild times to be had for you. No, Is that also Christ. so nah, after yeah. you get turned loose on the town with a pocket full of tattooing money? Is, is this a <laughs> Yeah, because we also know Derb Morrison as you could have took a different turn. I don't know, maybe you're just a worse skateboarder than Mike Vallelli. <laughs> but <laughs> you've got your yeah, own that, viral moments. 
yeah th- that was my other passion was definitely skateboarding you know and i was playing mm-hmm. in punk bands and stuff like that too so but was that where you were playing in down south was a uh, punk were you in a punk scene in biloxi um i got more of a punk uh playing in a band back here actually 1994 okay. yeah is when we started a band called numbskull and it was just punk rock singing about drinking and smoking and just being you know shit bags pretty much <laughs> yeah your favorite but that, was, shit, uh, huh? but that was a lot of fun man you know it was uh coming back here and, and having the shop and being being in a band again because i was in bands in high school mm-hmm. um so yeah it felt like it all came full circles that it i was meant to go on that road trip journey for a few years to learn tattooing to meet people within the industry to you know, go to these conventions that we were hitting in the meantime too. So those are major defining moments for my tattooing, I think, you know, and me meeting a lot of people back then and stuff like that too. So, um, but yeah, then I opened up stained skin in 1994 and that was a flavor that I brought back here to Columbus and there was no other shop like it, man. It was a bunch of young kids doing like new type, you know, like neo-traditional and just all these new styles and shit. We were out on the streets flyering and put stickers on everything and just did you have a street team yeah we had a street team yeah we just right blanketed this town man and stained what skin. was the name of that it was stained skin yes yeah stained skin. and the shop's still around today i sold it you know probably like okay. 15 years ago just to focus on hell city but the shop's still around but when i started that shop it was nothing but like young crews of um like super talented tattooers man so stained skin got known as like this powerhouse you know, mm-hmm. studio back then because it was me, Phil Holt, Gunner, Hoffa, like all these like badass artists that you know were, were tattooing there. So that you had uh, built up from your travels, you built up connections with from your travels, or were they all from the area? Um, I think it was it was mainly people coming into my shop looking for jobs after they had seen me in the magazines. So I was getting a lot of articles. Yeah. I want to work with Derb, you know, and they come mm-hmm. in and if they're tattooing and the personalities were strong enough, I'd be like, fuck yeah you know join the team so we used to have like amazing crews we still do i still got i got 12 artists that work here right now and they're all badass but back then 1994 it was monumental because we were the sixth ever tattoo shop in columbus but we were a whole different flavor right you know we were doing different tattoos ever see gunner breakdance then oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) I've seen that fool dance many times you've seen him dance (laughs) that kid can get down i was amazed i had no idea Oh yeah, but he's a he's a dancing machine, man. When he first came to my shop, dude, he was like kind of like this gymnast that okay. He's a tattooer, but he's a gymnast, so he's like front flipping over shit, throwing himself downstairs, and just <laughs> wild, man. He's fucking wild. But yeah, his his break dancing skills are legendary. Does that add to the party then? I mean, somebody comes out and starts doing a break or a front flip down a staircase or something. That the party starts getting lit. Oh, it does. It does. It's like it gets turned up at that point. So. But yeah, when I brought Gunner in, like, I think he was tattooing with, with Joe and Eric Merrill and those guys at Hope Gallery back then. Um, but that, yeah, that was their shop. And so Gunner originally came from there, came to Columbus and was like, I fucking love this. You know, and he ended up staying. And uh, I think that's when everybody started hearing about Gunner too, you know, was the stained skin days. Okay. Definitely had his too. own style and he was a, a big um, draw in any of the magazines. Oh, I mean, yeah. you would just wait for uh any kind of spread would be done on them and, and yep. salivate over and just yeah. wonder how and but you were right there working next to it this whole time 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. He can't remember he had those creepy kids that came out and was doing all the creepy mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that got him a niche big time, man. You know, and he's still tattooing. He's still here in Columbus tattooing away. He's just as incredible as he ever has been. You know, he's yeah, got like I, I twice the amount of muscle. He, um, has, has, yes, I've seen, I feel like I've seen that he, he bulked up quite a bit too. But yeah. I also read that he had to, when he sat down, and decided to stop traveling as much. He actually had to rebuild his clientele almost yeah. from scratch because it had yeah. been spread out worldwide for so long. Yeah. And he had moved away. I think he had moved to California a few times and I think he was just trying to find his path, you know, and kind of, it all comes full circle. And, you know, now he's back here in Columbus, you know, he's got daughters and stuff that are from here too. So I think he's, this is definitely where he's most comfortable, you know, and he right. probably does, some of his best work here and that's with without traveling we know that traveling can distract you and stretch you okay. out yeah so it's, it's probably you need move. your breaks yeah exactly mark longenecker doing yoga am i hearing yep. this right at oh yeah at hell city yep yeah we got at nine o'clock in the, in the morning of course yeah who's getting up for that dude i'm gonna candy all right set it up so that like she wants me to be out there a day earlier now Okay. Uh, then we, we were planning on going out there. She's like, well, let's try and hit it. I don't know if I'm going to get up at seven o'clock in the morning to drive out and do yoga. God I'll damn. need it after the car ride though. Right. Yeah. It'll probably be good for you afterwards. If you can you know, yeah. get up a lot of those things, I, like it, you, you dread waking up, but once you do it, you're like, I'm so glad I did that. Yes. Yep. Start your day off. Good. That's uh, your longevity of the artist. It was a yep. stretching series in the chair. Am I wrong? Yeah, man, it's um, it's not just a chair, but I try to show a lot of chair stretches to show that there's no excuse that you can't take a moment Do for it. yourself to stretch. Yeah, so a lot of that seminar, a lot of the, the longevity of the artist seminar, I've been teaching that now for shit five, six years maybe, and it okay. keeps getting refined. Like I just refined it, built onto it again uh, because I'll be teaching it, you know, coming up here uh, like coalition and stuff like that too. Uh, but mainly, it's it's ways to help artists prolong their careers making you aware of things that you know it's it's common sense stuff but until somebody reiterates it and you know refreshes it in your mind that why did you come up with it was i'm i'm betting i know it had to have been something that you started to find pain or what yeah so i i got some pretty major even with all this jujitsu and all the shit i do my my spine's pretty uh pretty even with it like jujitsu should be good for your spine is that what it is not really (laughs) (laughs) even with the jujitsu even with a guy trying to break my neck while we're rolling around on the floor together somebody my spine's surprising he's in bad shape Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's not that's not good for you right no i gotta tell them i'm like hey or i'll just tap you know just tap out or whatever but like i still gotta don't have any rods in there yet do you no um i i researched um and even went to doctors and in, in London, I went to doctors in Cleveland to see if they would operate on my thoracic spine. So I have a T7, my thoracic seven is herniated to the point where it's uh, causing mild paralysis in my left leg. Really? Um, yeah. So it's, it's pretty serious because I don't have much protective coating from the herniation to my spinal cord right now. So I do a lot of traction. I think that okay. keeping keeping active is is good for my spine as long as i'm careful and kind of aware of it like if somebody's like do you doing think this was a an injury from skateboarding from jujitsu do you think it was from years of tattooing i think it was personally i think there was a one incident that probably herniated it and it was a front flip over a rock and then i landed <laughs> flat 
it's on it's uh it's online <laughs> but <laughs> before that i think that when artists hunch over your mm. muscles around your hunch are not strong therefore they allow bulging discs herniations you know things like that and i think that that from tattooing created a weak point in my spine that when there was any kind of um trauma to it that was the spot that it was going to kind of like herniate out of right so i did this front flip and i dude i've been doing front flips over shit forever and i'm trying to show off to my wife at that point um we were at the eiffel tower in paris there's a fucking rock and i'm like all right cool so i hit up set up my camera and i'm like watch this and i go do a front flip over like a front Mm -hmm. spring yeah the angle of the rock moved it like wobbled and so when i launched i just went flat in the air did couldn't get my full flip and landed right on my fucking spine did so it I think impress that, your wife still? What's that? Did you still impress your wife? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, <laughs> but ever since then, you know, it, it, the herniations kind of give me, you know, some problems. It feels so much mm-hmm. better now, though, man. There's a point where, I mean, I almost had to quit tattooing completely, quit jujitsu just because I could barely walk at one point when the herniation first started. It was so much pain in my leg. No. was like. Like the only thing you've done is this constant care kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, man. It's daily. been over, mm-hmm. over three years of physical therapy that I do to myself. So it's a, a combination of rollers, uh, traction. Like I hang from straps. I don't really do an inversion table. I hang from straps from my kind of from my arms and elbows. Okay. And that, that allows the rest of my body to kind of sink and uh, elongate my spine. So, yeah, I've had to be really after I realized that like, yo, dude, you could go paralyzed from this shit you know that i had to really start doing everyday therapy massage you know just kind of doing whatever i could so i'm now out of pain uh my leg still is is mildly numb my left leg um so i have issues with that kind of maybe sometimes i'll kick stuff as i'm trying to raise my foot over like a little thing you know okay Uh, Uh. but it's way better and i'm out of pain uh for the most part out of pain uh like i was mainly from traction so that's why I try to teach now. There were the way the, going back to why longevity of the artist came about. It's because of my back and being like, fuck, if I didn't have something to financially back me during that time and tattooing was my only thing, which a lot of tattooers only have their tattoo income, you right. know, yeah. I would have been you know, way, way worse off. But with my income, it allowed me to kind of like take time for myself, take a little bit of time off. But nowadays I still only tattoo for like, five hours at the most on a, on a you know one session um just to, just as a result of your spine in the shape that it's at too then yeah you got to be taking breaks so even during that five yeah yeah i do okay yep. I stretch and you know i try to hydrate more now because i didn't realize how much spinal hydration was a thing mm-hmm. uh, so a lot of this stuff I've, I've brought over and i've tried to be like okay what can i teach with the longevity of the artist seminar that will really help prolong people's careers or get them out of pain or even diagnose what's making Curve. them in pain. Like, are you dipping to the wrong side? Are you twisting right. to get to your ink? So I, I break stuff down for people now and just, just try to help artists' careers, man. I think, like I said with my conventions, at the end of the day, when I'm done or I die or I fucking move on or whatever the fuck, like whatever I do now will hopefully resonate with artists and conventions in the future. And that's where uh, it is currently, I, I know. Yeah, something mm-hmm. I'm pushing with my longevity artist seminar too. Um, it's online now, um, but I'm I'm going to start 
pushing it that I think that modern day tattoo apprenticeships should also include a health focus, mainly going okay. like, all right, kids, you know, like this is all glorious and all, but like, yeah, you can have a bad back in 10 years for the rest of your life. If you don't pay attention, if you're not aware to the things yes. that happen to your body when you're so stationary, when you <laughs> lock your hips down and you deactivate your lower body. And then you're yeah. trying to stay, you know, like upright while you're tattooing. It really <laughs> creates this a lot all of makes great you. sense. Cause I think yeah. we could also do with teaching them a class in us, uh, uh, avoiding strippers and cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my other <laughs> seminar actually. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's going to happen. You will be propositioned with these two and it's going to seem awesome. <laughs> Trust me. I've been enjoying teaching that this seminar because I, I, I feel like I'm, I see a lot of apprentices in my crowds nowadays or like studios mm -hmm. that are sending their apprentices to take it, you know, and I think it, it, it's great. So the next time I teach it, I think is at the coalition for tattoo artists in okay. Vegas. Awesome. You're not teaching it at a, uh, at, at hell city then too busy, man. Yeah. I'm just, I'm dragged in too many, too many directions during hell city. Like that's why I don't tattoo a hell city. Like literally at hell city, it's mainly like taking care of the artists making sure the events are going on time. There's so many fires to put out constantly that when, when you see me, you probably mm -hmm. see me bolting down the aisles, right? Oof, yeah. Just walking as quick as I can. One, so I don't get interrupted, but two, I'm usually on my way to like put out some fires or get something right. started, you know? Well, typically, I, I mean, that's kind of the unfortunate thing, you know, about having friends that are promotion, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we kind of yeah. like, Hey, good to see you. Hey, good we'll talk you, again at the next show. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you at the other guys. We'll see you in DC when Piper's running it, and you know right. we'll see you in, in um, yeah when I'm not running at Villain Arts. Yeah, when you're able yeah. just to actually talk. Yeah, it's a uh, that's what I love is when I get time to, to talk to people. What I even tell people before I'll say is like, hey, maybe people that haven't been there. I'm like, hey, if if I'm short with you, if I'm you know give you a quick handshake and I'm on my way, I was like, don't think I'm being rude or anything. I was like, I'm just right. I'm in a very different mode during Hell City weekend. You know, I'm in yeah, a, a fun mode, but I'm also very business, get shit done. Take well, we've things. seen these shows where people take it very differently. Um, oftentimes, yeah. they're not tattoo artists, and it just goes so south. And yeah, I, I, it's just not. Yeah. So yeah, I, I appreciate you doing stuff. that, I guess. Because I, yeah, I, I know that someone has to. Mm -hmm. I just experienced one of those shows where the, uh, the promoter and there's nothing really against promoters that aren't tattoo artists. As long as if you're doing you your might, job, you've yeah, got you, a job to do. Or if but, you know the industry and you know how we think and how we operate, you know, to, to be able to cater to a, a you know, a crowd of tattoo artists to me, being a tattoo artist is the most beneficial thing. Cause we know how we think we know what we need. Right. We know how it works, you know, but I've been to conventions even recently. I did one in Tampa. It was not, not building arts. I'm not going to name the show, but it was, it was, um, Oh, I talked about near, it near the Bay. Let's just say yeah. was, <laughs> near the Bay. So the show was put on by a promoter that didn't tattoo. He was just a, a, a club promoter, you know, dabbling in. And here's my problem. A lot of people are getting into tattooing and tattoo mm -hmm. conventions and owning shops that, that weren't artists before. They didn't have fucking any interest in tattooing until it got cool, got public, you know, and, and right. more popular and things like that. But the problem is, is a lot of, you know, the people that are doing that are coming in. They're not educated. They're not even educated on the safety of biohazard, man. You know, like that, that show in, in Tampa, the guy wasn't even educated on, on biohazard stuff. And that's why the, the, 
their board of health is actually putting a case against them because right. of the and uh, that's the stuff that looks so bad on us or could yeah, man. hold that's, someone like yourself back say you're going yeah. to another town and i've worked hard all these years to especially as a convention promoter to, to represent tattooing in the best light possible you know to, to give it a mm-hmm. positive professional friendly you know safe everything and then to have somebody come along you know 20 years later and put on a, a show that should have gone on in 1988 before everybody right. knew what the fuck was going on people you know uh getting into the tattoo industry just for the fame or for the money but not really for the art and for the integrity right. of the industry you know and that's where i've become a lot more you've seen me recently becoming more vocal about that you know because i've been very passionate about conventions in the industry and stuff like that and then to see some yahoo come out of fucking nowhere and put on one of the worst shows i'm like you just misrepresented every artist right and everything we've fucking done all these years to build conventions up so i mean there were there was stuff going on at that tampa show that i mean including prostitution that were <laughs> just unheard of man you know at a tattoo convention i'm like that was not a tattoo convention that was a fucking show put on by somebody that you know had their own right. idea of what a tattoo convention is without even going to any of them i've never seen that that, that promoter in any other shows so going back how to do our, we uh how do we educate ourselves to stay away from these things is there a, a well, formula or do you know one of my and, and, and see i don't want to say the wrong things here because i know people are still wanting to put conventions together but with some of my new roles recently from some of the shows i've been attending that i'm not impressed with are i'm not doing any more first year shows personally because mm-hmm. i want feedback i want to see how you know i don't want to like spend five days of my goddamn life to spend a bunch of money to fly in somewhere and then to find out i don't even have pipe and drape or i gotta put up my own booth or <laughs> these shortcomings so right me personally like what my uh i guess uh requirements are now i don't do first year shows you know i don't do shows anymore that aren't close to the venue or close to the hotel like where you got to jump in your car and you got to drive fucking right minutes back to your hotel, you know? So, and, and mm-hmm. that's it to me. Like the one in Tampa was done as fairgrounds, man. You know, right. and look, in hindsight, I'm like, what the fuck was I even doing there? You know? <laughs> right on. So he blew all the smoke up all the artists ass and they got them there. And then it was just, I was just there like, what am I doing? How did I come to this point in my career that I'm working a convention put on by somebody that doesn't tattoo that didn't even get pipe and drape. Like there was no you start, drape, start to question whether you're a failure yourself because, <laughs> yeah, of, exactly. because of the failure of the show that, that, that brought you yeah. out. Yeah, it was like life questions. Like, what, what am I doing? What is my you life had a full become? existential crisis, huh? Yeah, Tampa. yeah. Yeah. So it was one of those things. So I don't know. It, it kind of literally just brought me a, a recent mm-hmm. awareness of things I need to look out for with every trying to do a convention nowadays there's four or five conventions every weekend man there's four right. conventions going on hell city weekend this year you know it's getting oh, wow. so flooded but it's up to the industry and artists to be like okay which ones are the ones worth you know time mm-hmm. you know which ones are the wor- ones worth supporting the artists and industry and really helping you get to the next year the only yeah. ones that candy yeah. and i have done uh that we've ever I mean, and we learned early on, I guess, was uh, you, you want to know somebody, you mm-hmm. know, you know, somebody's been and that's a good one, too. Like you eventually you got to do a first year show 
Yeah. Hopefully it's just to support your friends that are doing a first yeah. show. You know, like I would do that if it was one of my buddies that, that tattoos and, you know, I know they've dedicated their lives to it and they've, uh, right. you know, put in their time, like I'll support them. And that's what I say right. too, a lot. I mean, and this is no offense to anybody listening that, that doesn't tattoo that puts on a convention or doesn't tattoo that, you know, owns a studio, but my personal opinions are, sit on your ass and make tattoos for 10 years before you cash in on tattooing in any other way. Yeah. Put your time in, show your tattooer, and then you can reap the benefits of what you've dedicated your life to. If you've dedicated your life for two months, I got my first tattoo. Now I want to put on a show. Oh, wait, I want to shop too. (laughs) Get the fuck out, man. Dedicate yourself. So I think that, you know, people shouldn't come into the industry. And I know this is just my opinion, everybody, but like, I've worked really hard. I've sat and I've tattooed myself handicapped with my spine and, you know, mm-hmm. eyes and back, shoulders, everything. But, like, give tattooing part of you before you take part of it. You okay. know, and that, that's a big, big. Thing now, there's me. no way to really know unless no, you know that person, though, whether or not that's what's going on. True. Very true. Right. But that's kind of where I'm sitting back now. Like, I'm not going to do your first year show. You know, right. I, I want to see how it goes and how you represent it. And then I'll put my money and my time and my energy, you know, uh, behind your show. So I don't know, man, that, that last show really kind of mentally scarred me a little bit <laughs> where I'm just like, slow the fuck down. You know? Probably good, though, too. Right. I mean, because yeah. um, because a lot of us listen to you and others, yeah. you know, but you're you are an influence of some sort of some large amount on yeah, the industry. Yeah. So hopefully with your uh, help and awareness. We can put an end to shitty shows. Yeah. And that's what everybody was saying too. That even at that show when we were there, they're like, you gotta you gotta say something, bro. You're like one of the voices of tattoo conventions. And I'm like, you know what? I am and I am gonna do something. I was gonna do it even before that, but like mm-hmm. I like to throw educated, you know, opinions around, you know, and I think that tattooing for so long, I do have a, a good opinion and educated insight. opinion yeah you know and I, I try to do that i try to be a not a leader but at least at least an influence to to other artists coming up you know so but yeah man that's um that's kind of my opinion is is dedicate yourself to it first and then you it'll, it'll pay you in other ways i always say i give back to tattooing because it's given me so much all these years you know right so I, I wake up even if i'm not tattooing man like almost every email every text everything i do revolves around tattooing you know and so when i'm not tattooing a lot i don't i don't feel bad that i'm not tattooing you know fucking five days a week you know if i'm tattooing two days a week but i'm giving back to tattooing those other you know work days you know mission accomplished can i talk to you about and maybe i should have already done this and got it out of the way but say yes to the dress yeah yeah that was uh that was wild. How, yeah. how, how do you, what was your experience? Um, it's definitely made for TV. Um, okay. It was, you know, it was a nice wedding. Uh, it didn't feel like an official wedding because fucking cameras and this and that and do this part again. So the, the, the whole made for TV part, you know, they, they pretty much paid for everything and, and did it all there. It was windy as fuck though. You can't see that. Like, you could probably see it in a TV show a little bit, but man, the wind was gnarly. Like her veil fucking flew off during it. <laughs> it was just 
it was pretty crazy. But we did like three days before the wedding, you know, green screen stuff, uh, talking and the press, oh, like stuff. press stuff, like green yeah. screen for press. Okay. Yep. Like all the green screen for all the TV, like interviews and stuff like that. But then the actual wedding, once we got mm-hmm. out there, everything was done. Boom. Wedding was like 30 minutes, if that. So, right. yeah, of filming all that. <laughs> yeah. It was that pretty, seems uh, like, uh, pretty quick. It, yeah. Like a lot of build up for nothing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But it was good. You know, it was an experience. That's why you got married again twice afterwards, I guess. Right. <laughs> well, the first one was that was our last wedding, believe it or not. We, uh, oh, we you were married, married before that twice. Yeah. We got married here in Columbus on May 3rd. And then uh, October uh, 30th, a devil's night, we ended up getting married in uh in london actually with all her family and over there in a beautiful uh chapel that uh, they were gonna okay. film harry potter in i guess at one point they were looking at for harry potter filming okay so we got married so i in. guess when you have uh, uh when you're married and your your significant other is over the pond there you kind of have to have two weddings so. yeah exactly you get all the families and stuff like that and then we did the you know later on like eight months later i think we did the say yes to the dress okay and did they manufacture any drama for you? Did they help you co- find uh, anything or not really? There's one point where the limo got stuck, like in the sand where the guy tried to turn around, but he like legitimately got stuck. Okay. So that turned into like the girls have to get out and like push, you know, push the limo to get to the to the wedding and, and stuff like that. But not a whole lot of not a whole lot of drama at all, really. Thank God, because I don't like that shit, man. Right on. Well, darn it. Well, I mean, thank God. But then, I mean, you got it. You got a story to tell. We should make right. one up. Let's yeah, make right. One up. Exactly. They had they had they wanted the wind to be bad. So they actually had off screen. Yeah, they had the fans on trying to make it windy. They brought <laughs> jet boats from Tampa. Right. So, but no, it was interesting, man. I've done some other you know, television stuff over the years, too. But uh, what have you done? That, well, I've done. Uh, was it? It was called The Works. That was on the History Channel. Uh, Tattoo okay. Wars. That was on TLC, I think. I remember, remember Tattoo, Tattoo Wars. Wars. Yeah. yeah. Who, who'd and, you fight against? I didn't fight against anybody. I was on there because it was at Hell City. So I had like a speaking part about what we do at okay. Hell City. Stuff like that. Who, who was it that uh, they were featuring? It was Guy Jason versus Aaron Kane. Oh, wow. Fuck yeah, dude. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I wish that show lasted longer. That was really good. That that's the problem, man. Is the the good shows don't have enough drama, but they're more artistically mm-hmm. filled. So they're like, eh, this doesn't appeal to people because everybody loves fucking drama. Did you, know? you ever see Epic Inc. A show about a bunch of geek artists no. that just did geek tattoos? It was so awesome and no, didn't have any cool. drama. Oh, it's so good. And it, therefore, it, it lasted last, like no drama. six episodes or something. Yeah. Yeah, like that shit. It's, it, it, it's yeah. sad that people think like that or that humanity's like that. You know, you got to have drama well, to get people's attention. But. You know, I think a lot of it, too, is just the wrong. Like, people have the right ideas. And if that were on a different network or were uh, had the right money behind it, I think things like that could be a success, you know? Yeah. Because, watch, they'll have little cult followings afterwards that almost prove it. Yeah, you're right. With each show. Very, very mm. true. How was your experience on TV, bro? Oh, fucking the best. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah like, I just want to fight everybody on there. Who, well, who actually, it was a long... Navarro? Yes, but now, I mean, yes. I mean, I... I, I yes, 
I was. I was really <laughs> mad at him. Now it's just a lot of uh, shame that eventually forces you to grow and accept who you were and forgive yourself and forgive yep. Nunez, uh, forgive yourself for not understanding. It's just a long, fucking terrible, terrible process, really. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. At the same time, man, those moments are classic. Yeah, I like that they give me a story. They've given me this platform. Really? Yeah. And, uh, exactly. you know, it's it, it's a lot of fun to have fun with this. You know, this is what I always kind of wanted is just people to listen to me talk. It's just, I'm surprised <laughs> you. And uh, who, did, who did you go off on the show? Was it Nunez? Or was it? Yes. Navarre? Yeah. yeah. Um, we are seeing those I mean, celebrity, uh, the, the celebrity tattoo boxing. Yeah. I wouldn't I box the kid, though. He would he would hurt me. Oh, is he? Okay. No, I think I would hurt him, but uh, oh, yeah. like I don't, I don't know that he stand a chance, unfortunately, and I wouldn't want to have that. And oh, maybe, yeah. maybe I'd be wrong. Now, like if it was grappling or something, you know, yeah. uh, I understand he is, he does train something. Some I thought oh, I'd he? heard somebody say, maybe, maybe he's just not scared to get in fun. They're probably thinking it was Ami. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, the longest like I certainly don't hate the guy anymore. You know, uh, he was making a show. I kind of didn't understand all the stuff going on. And that made yeah. frustration and then resentment and then anger and then finally rage. Yeah. And hey, it's understandable, man. I've had a lot, you know, <clears throat> that's one thing, too. Like, I, I was like, I bet they'll get me on fucking TV and start some drama shit to see how how did you want to blow up. You know? Did they? Did you try out for the show in any regard like that? It, it's funny because I, I uh, one time for Ink Master, you know, I did the phone interview and I don't think mm -hmm. they like I, I wasn't drama enough because I remember and I was like, man, I should have said some shit like because one of their questions is like, OK, let's say like you're doing this and so and so, you know, mm -hmm. is trying to start this drama. Like, what would you do? And I was like, probably ignore them and focus on my tattooing. You know, and they didn't want that. They wanted to hear me be like, you know what I do? Jump up, choke my fucker out, break his arm. You know, like. Well, so, they wouldn't want you to go that far, but they would want yeah. you to talk about his mother or something. Yeah, yeah. So I just don't think I was enough uh, angst. Yeah. You know? Which I am angsty though. I, I fucking definitely. Yeah, you am. just didn't give them. You you weren't honest enough with them. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, maybe I should be a PC here. Nope. You, you know, I tried out twice prior to trying out the third time and the first two times I was not me. And then yeah, the third that, time I was like, just be yourself. Yeah. Were you a little more uh, <laughs> angsty with it? Were you a little more like, oh, yeah. Well, See, I just had a bunch of guys that I trained to tattoo uh, leave my shop. And, you know, it hurts every time. Yeah. You know, even if it wasn't uh, their fault, you, you know, like you just imagine that they did it to hurt you. Yeah, and so oh, they yeah. asked me about my shop family, <laughs> and then it was just on after that. I was like, yeah. "Fuck the <laughs> <laughs> And They're I knew like, they liked guy. it. You could this see them guy. eating it up. <laughs> yeah, That's these funny. motherfuckers. I, I actually walked out. I can't wait to have Chris May on the show because I walked out. It was in Chicago. Chris May was was next, and I thought I'd done so good that I was just like, "Fuck!" I dare whoever to follow me up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yep. I thought like there's no way, and Chris May was in the in the was next, and uh, you know I, was, I say hey what up to him and left, and then, then when we start filming, I see Chris May there, and I'm like holy shit, that kid's good. Yeah. <laughs> he must you know he uh, he he came up and was like fuck that, watch me light the stage on fire. <laughs> Jim, 
Jimi Hendrix trying to show me up. <laughs> that's what they wanted, though, huh? They want fucking wild. Yes. Somebody well, is going to start some controversy somewhere. Yeah, and if you would have given it to him, I imagine, because we've seen you in, I, I don't know what started it. I always imagine that you're right. Maybe I'm wrong, but I always uh, imagine uh, you're right. But I've seen video of you uh, giving Mike Villelli, the angry scare- skateboarder himself, a run for his money while well, you were defending the neighborhood against skinheads or something. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I've always wanted to put that out online more to the skinhead fight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was dudes from Newark, Ohio, uh, like a skinhead gang and shit. And uh, they left a note on my bedroom window one night. It was like, uh-huh. it's like, watch your back. So we kind of knew it was. So they, <laughs> signed, they signed it like their skinhead gang or whatever. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll see you guys in the fucking morning. See how tough you guys are. So this we like so old school. Dude, yeah, we drove over there with the note. I knocked mm-hmm. on his door. I'm like, you can come out here and do something about this. And then he called like all of his other skinhead buddies. And like one of them showed up by the time we started fighting for like backup. But yeah, uh-huh. it's online. If you type in like Derb skinhead fight or Derb fight, there's like three or four of them. And some of them had like jujitsu matches and stuff too. But I, yeah. I have seen it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Kind of I like that they, they left a note on your bedroom, like on your bedroom window, like they knew yeah. that intimately yeah. that they knew which room you slept in. Yeah, 2 a.m. I heard on my window. Uh-huh. And then I opened the curtain thinking somebody's gonna be like, who's the fuck? And it was just a note tape there. It was like, watch your back, Northern Hammer Skins. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, huh? Northern Hammer Skins, love you. Do you yeah, love that? Right? Yes. Or no, circle the appropriate answer. Right. 3.30. I just stayed all calm, went back to bed. I was like, I'll see you guys soon. And then we like drove over there, <laughs> over there with the uh, camcorder and whooped his ass in front of his sister and his friends and everything. Oh, man. Yeah. Have you seen this kid lately? He's, I mean, he's kind of neighbor. Here's, right? here's the funny thing is yeah, his name's Nathan. I'm not going to say his last name, but okay. uh, yeah. he, he, he's I changed. I scared, he? Yeah. Keep me incognito. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he he reached out to me because I think I shared that video again, like probably four or five years ago. I, I shared it again. Okay. And he fucking messaged me on Facebook and he's like, "Hey, you think it's fucking funny putting out that fight video?" Like, he yeah. Fucking, he started saying some shit and he's like, "You want to go again?" I was like, "I'm gonna whoop your ass worse this time." <laughs> you know, I've been training, like, oh. bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like now I'm. Yeah, I've been training since then, dude. Like you're, right. and I just started being like, I was like, I'll bring the camera again. Let's do this. Let's let's do a re. And he told us like, man, I'm not, I don't fight no more, and this and that. I'm like, then don't say shit online, dude. Your your position was stupid from the sunset. Exactly. Well, yeah, that that gave twice the pleasure knowing they're you know racist and shit like that too. So and I just thought he was gonna talking. reach out to you and be like. Not like that. I'm actually a minister now. I feel terrible about. Yeah, I, none think, of that, he, I think he did, and I think that's where he was just like, "Why are you putting that?" I think he's probably oh. put it out of him being a skinhead when he was like 17 or 18 or whatever. Well, you um, gotta you gotta own up to it and repent. Yeah, yep. It's funny because I got a fight coming up uh, in two weeks. In another Los guy Texas. left a note on your door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because I'm fighting a pretty well-known rapper. Um, okay. On May 14th in Vegas at the High Rollers, uh, it's High Rollers Jiu Jitsu, so it's kind of like a weed based. Uh, okay. Tournament. And then uh-huh. this, they they put together kind of like fun shows, and the, the show that I'm competing in is called Celebrities versus Influencers. So okay. like, 
I'm the influencer, so I have to fight a celebrity. And the celebrity rapper they gave me, I don't know if you guys have heard of Mac Lethal. I have. Okay, yeah, I didn't hear about him either. Until I'm then. worried for you, though, with that name, bro. Yeah, Mac Lethal. Yep, so I fight him on May 14th, man. So this month. In What's like, your prediction? Uh, my prediction is I win. I'm going to fucking <laughs> do a sitting sweep on him, take him down. And then just smash really and look for the uh, look for the submission. You know, have you or studied just, this guy at all or not? There's no footage on him anywhere. <laughs> so he's a he's a purple belt. He's ten years younger than me. Oh. He's a purple belt. Uh, but the thing is, is I'm a I'm kind of like a new purple belt. So I'm like six months, seven months in on my purple. Mm-hmm. He's been a purple belt since 2019. So oh, he's sure. already been a purple belt three years, which means he's close to a brown belt. So I may feel higher level shit when i'm in there but i roll with brown and black belts you know mm-hmm. often so do you guys have a I, weight class system or anything like that or there usually is um he agreed to our weights being a little bit different he's he's 10 years younger but he's 15 pounds lighter okay you know, which is good for me for you <laughs> yeah the age thing is because the one thing no. I know is as i get older like my cardio is getting you know it's like changes a little bit as you get older and stuff i'm, so I'm smiling because just... i'm wondering you know I, I think i feel froggy sometimes somebody's looking at me sideways at the home depot but i might not <laughs> want to find out yeah foot sweep them <laughs> foot sweep them take them down I, i'm kicking of, in the balls and then poking in the eyes now run away yeah home depot if you can okay, yeah. <laughs> i think i'm just wanting to run away now right <laughs> or, or even you know what just avoid yeah. I think That's I'm that part of my age. Even avoid even with all the jujitsu and shit. And I've been in a lot of street fights over the years. Like nowadays at 49, I'm like, I don't want to fucking fight. Like I like doing jujitsu. Don't get me wrong. That's a different, that's like a sport. That's you know, yeah. It keeps, keeps me really gritty, you know, but I'm not out. I don't look for fights. I don't start fights, you know, none of that shit. You you're know, gonna, you're gonna Batman always, if you saw somebody getting beat up in an alleyway. Yes, I would. You yeah. would? Yeah, um, definitely. still got a bone to pick you uh, uh, with with I guess it isn't really alleyway, and you you've denied it every time I've put it to you. Oh. Uh, you though told Marshall Bennett to go to the Surly Girl in North North oh, Ohio, yeah. In yeah, 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 down downtown here. You denied it when I asked you. Now you recall what did I deny that I told him not to go. No, told us to go. He was like, where can we get a good steak? And you're like, you got to go to the Surly Girl. And we start, we, we get in there and it wasn't, there's nobody in there, you know? Uh, really? And then as people started to come in, yeah, everybody looked at us and they were like, oh, there's like some butch takeover at their bar. And they would <laughs> leave. And then we start looking around at all the signs and we're like, we are in a gay bar. And then we walked out on the streets and we realized we were in like a gay district. Yeah, Shore North. Yeah, Shore North is like um, arts. It's like food, arts. But yeah, it's definitely like, I think Columbus, Ohio has like the third largest gay population next to like Key West and San Fran. Uh, yeah, so we yeah a, lot of, a lot of high street is a lot of like gay owned businesses and stuff like that. Surly Girl, you might have went in on like, you know, like a lesbian night or something like that. Uh, oh, nobody was in there. It, was, it just, you know, was uh, early and I think it was Sunday after the show. Oh, yeah. So they just happened to be open. Nobody's in there. And, and we didn't really even look around to get an idea of it until people were coming in. We're, you know, cool. We're going to, some people are going to sit and I said, fill this place up. It's kind of quiet. 
And then we realized like we were the fart in the bar, you know, like they were like, oh, <laughs> you guys are like just hurt straight. The the, yeah, they're like, there's no way we're going to have fun in there. <laughs> so we God, ruined damn, the bar. I for sent you to like Bob Evans or somewhere different. <laughs> uh, we, well, we actually kind of loved now it's the story, you know, but right. uh, it, it, it made it funner. We, we realized People- it finally when somebody saw it, the sign said, um, leave the booty or surrender. Yeah, yeah. Leave the booty. No, leave the chest alone surrender the booty is that what it said in there <laughs> something like that that place is cool though man like if it would have been awesome. and, and gone to like a normal night we used to go in there right have fun and have dinners and stuff like that it was kind of like one of those themed bars so i think it was like cowgirl kind of themed okay i yeah. think it was pirate when we were in there do they change oh Maybe yeah, they yeah, reinvent yeah. Themselves? yeah yeah pirate i'm sorry yeah definitely pirate. okay yeah. i was gonna say man they reinvent maybe they reinvent themselves like i mean most well, gay, shit. gay I wish Man, it would have worked out better for you. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. It was awesome, really. That well, was the worst part is that we f- we eventually realized that we were ruining other people's days. You know, I mean, if oh, we walked shit. into a gay bar, it could have been completely different. But they <laughs> felt they probably felt that we were going to be judgment of them. Yeah. Which, I, the, I mean, the gay community, from what I know, the gay community in Columbus you know, this is really cool. You know, uh, we got a lot of gay friends here and stuff like that, too. Um, but one of the things that people like about Hell City is being able to go out to the short north, you know, and, and find the restaurants and the right. little art galleries. Some shows, like I was talking about earlier, like I hate going to shows where there's like nothing around you, man. Or you got to like drive yes. back to your fucking hotel and then you're just at your hotel. Like Hell City here in Ohio, but like you walk out of the ho- the, the, the venue mm-hmm. and you're like in the, the hustle bustle part of downtown. Nice. You know? You nice, get the yeah. hockey arena. You got, like you said, the short north. So there's like plenty of arts and food and it, it's connected to Ohio State University. So it's, it's a very busy part of town, which I think when people come from other cities, they're like, dude, this is fucking dope. Because you can, you don't have to stay at the show. You can go out and do shit and go shopping. Right. And there's something to do. Yeah. I'm looking more yeah. art because it's an arts district. I felt kind of bad. I had some people come from Chicago to get tattooed by me here in Flint and then they started asking for recommendations and <laughs> there was nothing I could recommend like nothing I'm sorry like food and shit <laughs> well um yeah for food for they were they really wanted to go and get some drinks but they were like is there any good gay bars because there were a couple of girls and they didn't want to end up getting hassled you know all they night long and, yeah and they're like there's none that I that are in a safe enough part of the neighborhood I would send you to and uh yeah it was but it's just a sad realization sometimes where you're staying at. yeah oh yeah but that's why i kind of have it right like where we're doing it downtown so everybody can like just live it up really like when you arrive, it's yes. possible. so it's it's been a winning formula you know for the last 20 years we are at a point with hell city where we're like all right how long are we gonna keep going really yeah. yeah oh yeah that's where i'm at right now i'm kind of like i don't have contracts signed for any other years past this 20th anniversary you don't know if you would want to do it again yeah i don't know man it's it's been three years off it's been 20 amazing years you know mm-hmm. i have dates tentatively um so, like verbally kind of locked in with the hyatt for yeah two more years. but me i'm kind of like all right what do i do do i break make it just an ohio show you know to make it it's a lot of work uh, that's what right. people don't realize. To put on a good convention takes a lot of work. So I'm kind of at the crossroads now, man. I'm 49. Does I'm it f- help the advertisement for your supply company, though? 
Yeah, it does. It, it promotes things okay. in, in different beneficial ways for sure. And it's going to be a hard toss for me to be like, stop doing something I'm passionate about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we're also at a different age and era, you know, especially after the pandemic and stuff. And once the pandemic hit, it. yeah, mm-hmm. once the pandemic hit, man, I had a little, little downtime and then I fucking enjoyed it. And it kind of made me be like, <laughs> huh, you know, like, cause the, the show's a shit ton of work. So I'm like, how do you yeah. maintain so much work over, you know, 20 more years, you know? So we're, we're at a crossroads. We're like, we keep the show going. I think a lot of people would love for us to keep the show going. It's so monumental. Right. So, you know, we're looking at it, it, you know, keeping it going definitely or partnering or selling or just closing the books, you know? Wow. And See, so I've never, end of never it, known of an where, era. Yeah. I've never known where the finish line is either. All these years, I'm like, where's the finish line? When do we mm-hmm. stop? Why right. would you stop? You know, things like that. But to be honest with you, since the pandemic hit, man, you know, I've got a granddaughter now, my shops, awesome. you know, um, the supplies are going good. I'm tattooing again personally. And it, it's alleviated a lot of stress that I had in my life that I didn't realize was coming from organizing a convention. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, you know? So oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm really as soon as it was gone. Life. And that was the only part that really changed for you was you yeah. didn't have that to worry about. Right. Yeah, I didn't have that stress. And I was kind of like, Whoa, this is why I'm on edge. This is mm-hmm. why I don't. So I don't know, man, I'm at, I'm at this weird, uh, like mental part with it. You know, I love putting on the show, but I also love not being stressed out or overworked. <laughs> I love looking back on accomplishments and being like, you know what? You did everything fucking right. You know, I don't, I wouldn't, it's like a fighter. Like you don't want to end on a loss. So you come back and you try right. to do it. Right. Know? Like yeah. we've had losses. We've never really had a bad, bad year at Hell City ever. We had no. one slow day at Hell City, and you know what day that was? Mm, what? Uh, Conor McGregor fighting Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> like, no fucking shit, dude. We couldn't even... It, it's funny because, like, we definitely noticed our crowd, like, die down after, like, 3 p.m. because they were probably all going to fight parties. Right, yeah. The big thing, you know, so... It was a pricey fight. Was, you had to spread it out amongst many. Yeah, and then we had uh, one of our artist was like watching the fight in his booth and he had it on like his tv so it came to tattoo of the day we were like all right tattoo of the day and we're like where the fuck is everyone yeah they were in the aisle everybody the whole convention watching his his fight went over his, his little phone there or something. There people like standing on their tables from the other aisle looking over the pipe and drape to see the tv oh wow. the aisle with people on people's shoulders so what, were you like, like fuck no, you May- Mayweather, fuck you McGregor? Kind of, yeah. And, and <laughs> what, what we did is we fucking put the microphone down. We went and watched. Because <laughs> we were like, dude, it's pointless. So right, we waited yeah. for the fight. And then we were like, all right, we're going to pick back up where we were. And then we just kind of you know went back on with it. But that was the only slow day we've you know besides Friday, the beginning of Fridays at any show are kind of slow. Did first. you catch all the rounds of the fight then? Uh, or did you? Sure. Okay, right on. Because you started to notice right away that it was dead like that. Then. Yeah, within the, like that first round, we're like, uh, well, all right, let's go watch. All right, and then it went, I don't know. I mean, I felt like it went exactly as you would imagine it. And, oh. and I guess like it should have gone. It was like yeah. a cocky guy gets in there, puts himself out hard for the first three to four rounds, starts to even off and slow down, and then the weathered, schooled, professional boxer takes yeah. him to task, starts turning yep. it on. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That would have been crazy if Connor would have been able to beat one of the greatest boxers ever. Yes. Yes. And it was, I'd never imagined it was possible. Even I had so many of my friends that were uh, willing to bet me. And, and, And the first few rounds were so fun because because they were also uh, exciting up for the Connor side, you know, for, for yeah. Oh yeah. It, that's Connor was at the, like the pinnacle of his career at that point too. Yeah. You yep. know? So yeah. pretty amazing. Look forward to him coming back. Um, yeah. Let me get to the boring parts about true tubes. Are you here for the boring parts? I'm good. not here for that. I got to go. <laughs> oh, you got to go. <laughs> well, maybe it's exciting for you. For me, true tubes were exciting because when we all switched to these plastic uh, tubes and we mm-hmm. saw the benefit, certainly of not cross contaminating and these kinds of things, um, then there was a, a, a real drawback to them, though, in that your machines did not respond the same way. Exactly. And that's, you know what, like being an older tattoo or two man i wanted to go disposable because i saw you know all the kids are doing i was like that has to save so much fucking time and cross-contamination prevention with scrubbing right. tubes and oh so you I couldn't wait to, to stop scrubbing tubes yeah man <laughs> fuck so i sat back and i was like all right because i knew that you know i tried it with plastic you know plastic tips uh-huh. and stuff like that and i just the, the friction that it creates between the metal needle and the plastic tip just makes your machine run slower you don't, you yep. don't have the zip, you know, that a traditional steel tube would have. So, and we I didn't have back. the rotary machines that would just push through it like yeah. they, they kind of do nowadays. This seems yeah. to get get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But I was working coils, and so were a lot of yeah. still back then. So, I just sat back and I was like, "Somebody's going to do something. Somebody's going to do something. Somebody's going to develop something." And nobody did. <laughs> so then I was like, "All right, I gotta take this into my own hands." And this is when I was. I had just sold my studios. So I'd sold both Stainskin tattoo studios and I was okay. only focused on my tattooing in Hell City. And then I started to do product development pretty much out of my home, like the home studio. And I started Frankensteining. Like I would take like a plastic tube, cut the tip off, you know, rip out a steel tip out of another tube, heat it, and then heat sink it into the, the tube. Okay. And then go running. I was doing noise checks. I was doing speed tests on the machines. And I was like, even after I made like my first kind of Frankenstein one, I was like, holy shit, this thing runs just like a steel tube, like the quick okay, yeah. speed of machine. So I just kept, you know, digging in there and I started actually developing them with, with my manufacturer. And they just, they took off, dude. I had so many artists message me. I even had hate messages like, I fucking hate you, man. I wish I would have thought of this. I can't believe, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, it's not that fucking hard. You just got to do it. Um, yeah, it's so, more about doing. You probably did think of it, you fucking lazy it, bastard. Right. <laughs> so it really did. To me, I had so many artists being like, this is fucking genius, dude. This is great. Yeah. And then artists that were like, I can't work with anything else, you know, disposable except for your tubes. Mm-hmm. So those went really good. Um, were they know, a metal I, insert or was it electrolyzed plastic? I was no, it was, it was a electrolyzed metal, plastic. Yeah, so it was an ABS plastic tube um mm-hmm. and then the steel tip was actually a yeah like a actual steel milled solid okay. tip but it was didn't have the whole barrel it was just the tip because the friction right part of the machine and all the action is where the needle hits the tip of the tube because we always with traditional mm-hmm. needle bars we put that curve on them so they kind of just make that contact at the tip of the tube so 
Right. When and when we started to use plastic ones, we had to put less and less bend on it. Yeah, dude. Exactly. So less friction. Yep. Less friction. So, you know, I just once that came out, it just it took off, man. And Kingpin sells them, and Icon, and all these other companies start carrying them. We had some Did companies that then start you on more of the supply route too, because you kind of, I mean, now you're already manufacturing well, these things. Here's what it was: is I I started mm-hmm. out developing products because they were products that I personally wanted to work with that I thought other artists could benefit from, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's mainly why I started doing it. We've had companies rip off our like definitely companies ripping off a lot of our products um, without being like, Hey, let's carry derbs. The, the, the problem within like the, the supply side of, of tattooing is like, so I came out with true tubes, right? The next mm-hmm. product I came out with were true grips, the memory foam right. grip covers. So I came out with a second invention where people were like, what the fuck, you know? And that second invention would go over top of the true tubes and create an extra wide, grip and a very cushiony kind of pillow feel when you're tattooing to absorb damaging vibrations and shit like that so <laughs> damaging uh, you're a salesman it sounds yeah i know <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah so we came up with true grips you know and then people were like whoa and at that point bro like i wanted my idea was like cool from a tattoo artist perspective i just want to be an inventor and i just want to invent products mm-hmm. and then i want to distribute them and have other companies carry you know carry those products not trying to bite anybody. I, mean, I came into the, the product game, not biting anybody's ideas, coming up with new, refreshing, never like I'm, I can 100% say I'm the guy responsible for memory foam grip covers in the tattoo industry, 100%. So, and uh, possibly for the way I use my, not everybody, well, Halo actually got this taught me, but um, your rinse cup. Yeah, man. Idea. Dual use product. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that's a big. You open up that rinse cup. And uh, or you open up your true tube and it's square bottom, the, yep. the packaging it comes in. Exactly. So I can put that down for a rinse cup. Yeah. So it's a dual dual use product, which nobody was doing either before that. Mm-hmm. There's companies ripping us off now. Like uh, I think Tat Souls ripping us off doing that shit. Painful pleasures and all this other crap. Not to name but, any names, but these yeah, names. Not to name any names. <laughs> you're fighting my shit. Franco. <laughs> do they there's no licensing on that then or because you can't really patent memory like i I went for a patent on it but because it Mm -hmm. did not change the specific function of the tattoo machine it is not patented so therefore it comes down to and i'm going to get to this it comes down Mm -hmm. to the ethics and morals of other supply companies and other artists that like your product they want it for their company as well Mm -hmm. but hey let's not support the guy that invented it well what rip- would you rather would you rather they do kick in some kind of fee to you yeah i'd rather them carry true grips not fucking okay. phantom phantom memory foam grips from fucking bishop who stole two of my fucking grip covers so here's how <laughs> well, it all started man uh-huh. i wanted to be an inventor and i wanted to supply companies with my invent my inventive products okay i never wanted to be a full-blown supply company that wasn't my intention my intention right. was to develop new products R&D. Yeah, R&D type Fun stuff. stuff. Hoping and not knowing how many snakes in the grass there are with supply companies waiting to rip off your products or not support you and then develop exactly what you've developed. So when I got into supplies, I didn't want to be a supply company. I wanted to be my own, my own guy, my own thing. But because right. these other companies over the time, over the years, 
Well, working. the easiest like, way is going to be to copy somebody else's research and yeah. development, basically just to reverse engineer the product they already come up with. Yep. Right? And the way I look at it is like, oh, you don't want to support me, but you want to be me. You want to be me by having the same products, but you don't want to support me. Guess what? Now I want to be you and I want to be a full <laughs> oh. So see what you fuckers did? <laughs> yeah. you hey, made me become a full supply company that's booming now. We're doing great and we're still developing. Is this just like your tattooing career, though. Yeah. I mean, thinking about it, kind of. I mean, you're starting out of the house, you get kicked out of the house for it. And you're like, you know what? Watch this. Fire you. Be this a success. I just couldn't believe. From, I guess from a from an artist perspective, how tight the mm-hmm. you know the industry is and how much respect there is as far as the artists, and then you get into products and you realize there's not a whole lot of respect there. Not like not like a client to a tattoo artist or you know the right. relationship with client to artist. It's more about and this isn't with me. I'm not all about the fucking money and all this. I'd rather bring cool shit in and leave it behind when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. But that so that's how I turned into true tattoo supplies. I'm like you, you fuckers want to be me. Now I'm going to be you. Well, it's become quite a success. Yes. That is, yeah. that is not a question on whether you're going to keep that going. Am I wrong? Yeah. You're keeping that going. It's been 17 <laughs> years, I think now. It's true Tattoo Supply has been around 16 or 17 years. 17 now. years that they've been ripping off your products long enough yeah, to make, right? yeah. get into their fucking pond and start swimming around. <laughs> but at this point, I'm just kind of like, I'm numb to it. I'm just like, it doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me. You know, and it's... Just one of those things you just got to keep pushing. That's why I keep, you know, developing new new products. Actually, I'm getting ready. And I'll say this right here for the record. Got another drop. Yeah, yeah. And in, in about a month, month and a half, I'm getting ready to release a whole new product that has not been seen in tattooing. It's very simple design. Very, it's mm-hmm. almost redesigning an old instrument that that um, isn't disposable. That we're uh, we're making in a disposable product, um, but that should be released. You'll see it when it comes out. Um, can't talk about it beyond that n- not right now because okay. right I, mean, I would start asking quite you got me excited you know i love let's just say I love little will, innovations in my tattoo career you know yeah let's just say it will mix ink i'll send you something and i'll text you okay after this but it, it it deals with with tattoo artist ink and it's not right. an ink company it's just a, it's a simple little item that i've you know fucking designed and, and manufactured but it will be interesting to me Seven to see how later to see who wants to rip this thing off. I was gonna say, yeah, to see how quick it goes through the mill, huh? Yeah, who's gonna sit on the front seat of their couch and watch what I'm doing and rip it off, Franco? (laughs) 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 But it's interesting, man. Oh oh, man, (laughs) not to drop any names, not to drop any names. Well, I'm I'm excited to have this. Uh, this little rivalry um, on my podcast, to be honest, because uh, <laughs> the name you're mentioning, I'm not going to say the rest of it, but is a big and an icon in the industry as well. And yeah. so I imagine that's that's where I imagine that you feel the biggest slight comes from. If you're a supply company, support people that invent the fucking products. Don't go right. and want what they have out of your fucking jealousy because you didn't invent it. Support okay. the people that invent these fucking products. Support tattooing. Mm-hmm. You know, support kind of like the, the the originators of shit. You know, you can help build yeah. onto it, but don't go don't go ripping off because you want what they have. Support people, man. Like I don't know. Well, let me That's see it. if I can <laughs> test you on the same level. All right, Mark Mark Lascarbro owns Needle Jig Tattoo Company. Yeah, Mark. 
made brown needles. Everybody rips them off. What are they, brown? What no, round. He was the first oh. one to make round mags. Like curved mags? And, oh, see, now don't start an argument with me. Oh, I'm, there I'm we go. <laughs> when every time I open up a package of curved mags as I order them, I notice that they all say RM. Now, doesn't that stand for rounded mag? Yeah. Yep. It does. See, now then everybody stole his uh, his his design on the rounded mag and even shows lineage to the rounded mag by describing it as rounded. But when we order them, they don't show him any respect and they instead say curved. Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Now, when is Mark saying he invented the, the rounded mag? But my first experience with any uh, rounded mag was when I, I bought from needlejig.com a jig. Um, okay. And it's called needle jig because he, you, he wasn't making rounded mags. He was giving you the jig to make them first. Yeah. So I think the fact that he gave the jig, though, first kind of possibly screwed up his ability to make any claim that on... Well, on the needles that would come out after, right? Because you made the thing to make them. Are you telling me I can't make them? Yeah. We used to make those back in 1994 when we were hand soldering needles, and it would be a mm -hmm. flat flat razor blade on your mag, and okay. then you just kick back the edges a little bit, and it curves. So you just kind of like rotate the uh, the razor blades, your button up to the end. And that you, you were doing them by hand or not? Yeah, we were doing by hand. Yep. So you would just kind of round, you would just turn yeah, it a we little would just bit round out with the over razor a blade. soft surface? Yeah, okay. so you use your piece of glass, you got your, your needles down, you know, and then 1994. Figure, this is 1994, 1994, 1995. Okay. I used to solder needles all the way through about 2000, right around there. Oh, yeah. um, but no, we were doing curved mags, dude. We were doing angled mags, right handed, left handed angled mags. Just because I've seen people trying to claim those, like, I invented this. And it's like, bitch, I was uh -huh. weird. I never, I'm not going to claim that I invented this shit because I'm sure right. fucking old timers are doing it too. Um, I think microblading is really fancy for doing or um, popular for doing those angled mags. It's almost the yeah. only place I really see them besides that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You what were you like, using an angled mag to achieve? Uh, at that point, we weren't doing like a hard angle, uh, mainly <laughs> just to cut into corners, to almost be able to line with it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, but you would only have it set up for that one purpose. You wouldn't use yeah. it throughout the whole tattoo. Kind of, it, it, to me, it was more of a, I mean, I could work perfectly fine with a flat mag. Right. You know, it was more okay. of that novelty. Yeah. Like, it's a curved mag for black and gray. It's, it's softer. You don't have the hard edges. Yeah. That's what we're doing back in, like, early 90s, you know, mid-90s. And now you're like, it's a square. Yeah, it's that's an oval. square. I don't need that shit. I just tip it on his side, man. You don't need that shit. I made uh, a decahedron. I don't know <laughs> if it has right. a purpose. I got it, though. Fuck you. But I've always said this is kind of like the, the age of reinvention with mm -hmm. tattooing as well you know like Geichen has the, the reinventing but it, it's reinvention mm -hmm. as far as like products and things like that too yeah. no i think well we're going back to the rotaries you know yeah. the one of the first tattoo machines was a rotary and that's older than the coil machine mm -hmm. did you know that yes i did i I've yeah. actually looked at a lot of these patents um back when the pneumatic tattoo machine came out yeah i studied patents for a while i thought i was going to reinvent the tattoo machine myself but, uh, <laughs> they're pretty good you know they're pretty good yeah and oh yeah actually when it came to the rotaries eventually it was just so many were being offered and so there was nothing i could really add to that conversation yeah that, that's the thing is like um rotaries tried to make a 
impact in tattooing like uh, you know mm-hmm. 20 30 years ago and everybody kind of laughed at him was like fuck no just like some of the styles of tattooing right. you see nowadays being done like line work with stippling like yes. early 90s we would have been like you gonna finish that thing <laughs> right you gonna fucking finish it <laughs> but nowadays you know it's it's a, it's a, and respectively it's its own style yeah. it's appreciated and it's have you seen the well. kingpin needle that is three three liners spaced with a three liner in between on i did a, see that i just saw that okay. not too long ago just for a stippling right straight up yeah straight up for stippling yep which and is it, crazy. you know but what I reminded like me of did you do this but did you were you of the, yeah you're my age you had to write i know sometime you had to write i will not chew gum and i will not talk in class i will not do something yeah, right? yeah. and then you'd take like four pencils and you'd tape them together on an angle <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah so you just had to do it you did a hundred times you really only had to do it 25 very <laughs> very technical times it was so much harder to do it that way really but that's part of like like we never saw that shit before either. So like for Kingpin releasing that, that's like a reinvention. It's like a whole new invention on, on stuff, which I like. I like the fact that I like new products. I like new ideas, you know, especially when they're functional or they apply yeah. to something, you know, um, you think tattoos are, um, what, what are they ending up at? Like if you had to see 25 years, I don't want you to ruin any of your products, obviously, but where do we mm-hmm. end up? Are we tattooing with the mind power or, some telekinesis kyle i honestly like i don't know how i mean you can never replace the artist you hear people like man get machines that you stick your arm in and this and no you cannot oh, replace wait. tattoo artist you know i can't wait all. to but they're gonna they're going i'm not i know yeah. we can't but they're yeah. gonna and they're gonna end up with the worst most fucked up pieces ever true i think that where tattooing is headed like we we spoke about it's definitely going to mm-hmm. continue to grow you know, we're in its renaissance right now with tattooing. We're in a modern day renaissance with tattooing, you yeah. know, in my opinion. Um, but I, I think the education will keep getting better. I think the art, like the kids coming out of art schools, like the, the imagery is, yeah. you know, going to keep uh, getting refined and better and better. I don't think the actual process, I don't think they're going to reinvent like another machine that'll tattoo better than the coil or the rotary. Because that's just the motion mm-hmm. that you have to, you know, fucking put the ink into the skin. You right. know, like the, the poking and stuff like that. I think that tattooing is definitely more recognized as a business, as an art form, as a career. You might actually see it in college. You know, we, we see yeah. tattoo schools now, but it could eventually become just, you know, um, college, college course. Yeah. Or like something you yeah. can or technical because think yeah. about you at a college to get a career, right? Yeah. You know, to make money, and, you know, and like this I was is what we have to Pittsburgh. I, I was literally so close to going to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh until I started tattooing and making money. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't got to go in, in debt. To in debt, learn. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, at, right at that point, I was street. like, I abandoned the college dreams. I was like, I got a career now. I've got a job. And that's what I would have went to college to spend $80,000 in student loans to learn. That's uh, you know? That's probably the part that would keep it from going into college is that you can do it so much cheaper, cheaper in other yeah. venues. And sometimes yeah. people would balk at me about my price for an apprenticeship. <laughs> They'd be like, what? That's crazy. And you're like, are you kidding? Go to Without college. Without realizing the amount of money that they would yeah. know, make from, yes. from putting the time, you know? So I see, I don't know. I see tattooing just doing nothing but going up. I think we're at a great 
time we've all got to see tattooing you know being more recognized and accepted i don't get the dirty looks i used to always get on the streets being heavily tattooed you know but I you think miss that, them I do. how do you well, yeah, where's you the, the <laughs> you yeah. do i know because you everything in your life that seems to be driven was from um almost angst from a lack of acceptance yeah yep exactly yeah you just said it exactly and that's why I, yeah the angsty part is why i've always felt like a mission to represent well here this is how i can keep hell city going on then i need to put on a really crappy tattoo convention somewhere <laughs> just go to tampa baby that's all you gotta do <laughs> or i need to tell you somehow you can't if the city comes in next year and they tell you we know you've been doing this for over 20 years now and you've had quite a success but we've decided to stop it then you're going to be like, fuck you, buddy. Here we go. Another 20 years. Speaking of, I, I really, let me talk a bit more about this because I am giddy with excitement at the prospect that one day they are going to make a machine that you can stick your arm in and you can design your own tattoo. And I just can't wait. It's not going to happen. Cover ups as it is. No, they, it is going to happen. And people <laughs> are going to think it, to sell it. Just think about it. I, I almost want to sell them. So I'm like, this machine allows you to be the artist. Yeah, <laughs> you no longer need this dumbass motherfucker to try and tell you, hey, you can't put that much stuff in there with the Stanley Cup. But but all you're <laughs> going to be able to do with that, you're going to be like, all right, upload your favorite Pinterest fucking uh-huh. design and this machine will do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a collage of the biggest, biggest crap. Like one of the best things that we have to do as artists, I believe. You got your choice of an infinity sign, a bird, a silhouette of some trees. I think they're going <laughs> like, to give you everything that is on Google will be possible. And yeah, right, exactly. technically, they're going to be able to do it. But it's just that they get, you know, when a plumber starts doing tattoos, he's good at plumbing. He learned how to be a plumber. When he decides right. to be a tattoo artist, he usually thinks he knows it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> we will watch the Dunning-Kruger effect explode on people's skins all across America. Oh, my God. <laughs> and laser removal services and cover-ups will be in high demand. Yeah, they'll be booming at that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, th- this for, um, I, I am, I have heard, I don't know. And, you, and maybe research and development, you would know more about it, or this would give you a direction to go. I have heard that the razor blade that I use to shave my face, the electric razor, actually has a computer in it that senses which type of skin it's working on to adjust the, um, the possible speed or maybe how hard it's really? I don't know. I have what? heard this, but, you know, people say a lot of shit when they try and sell you something. I ain't never yeah, listened to it. Exactly. However, if that is possible, then that same computerized technology being applied to a tattoo machine that could sense when I'm going over a bone or going into a ditch trampoline area. Yeah. Almost like detecting the thickness of the skin or what's below it. And what makes me think that that would possibly go on is just how pissed I would be as an old timer. As soon as these fucking new kids come up with their no, Oh, they ain't got to learn how to put it in the ditch. They just run the machine over it. They just use the computer. <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed about it. And that's how I feel. figure I know it's going to happen as well. <laughs> yeah, like I'm already calling it. Yeah, I'm shaking my fists at the kids, you know, driving down the alleyway. Leave my garbage alone. Take them out of my tin kids. These that's kids we, nowadays, they're newfangled yeah, I tattoo machines. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just hanging out with uh, Gil Monty, actually. He, like, hanging out my booth while I was tattooing for, like, days in Tampa and shit. And, mm-hmm. yeah, his whole thing it was just like, what do you say? He goes, you know what the new seminar is? 
fucking What's quit that? teaching seminars. You guys are fucking. He's like old timer, you know, like he's yes. like y'all fucking teaching these goddamn seminars. Like, That's what's wrong with this fucking industry and why everybody's fucking flooding right now because y'all teaching everybody fucking everything. He's like the old. He's got to be most pissed at you. Yeah, he's got to be pissed at you the most. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why he was telling me. He's like, quit fucking teaching. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yes, sir. I, <laughs> I leaned into him at a show and I said, um, I really get it, man. I, and I really am, am, am marvel of, and I think it's awesome that you've f- found a way to just do skulls your whole life. Cause yeah, you know, if oh, I yeah. could, that's all I would do. And he said, shut, get your own fucking gimmick. God damn it. Yeah. 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 Yo, he's funny as shit, man. He's so like, that's my shit. <laughs> right. But I told him too, like after that, I was like, my seminars don't really like, I don't teach you how to tattoo. Mine, mine are like health, you know, health seminars and shit. But, I, but yeah. you know what, when he said that though, I was kind of like, it really resonated to, to tell you the truth. It really resonated where I'm like, you're totally fucking right. Everybody's teaching, you know, and you know, it's I free. Think it's the information Education. is free. I think there's but, a price yeah. to be paid. I, I don't hear... think that it's all bad, but I think there's a price to be paid. And mm-hmm. it, the old timers are the ones that feel it possibly the most. Yeah. And you that's know? why the old, the old timers are rolling in their graves probably seeing right going. You know, they, they probably like the acceptance but they're like don't fucking teach everybody god damn it yeah. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that we found out that you couldn't hold somebody back from you almost you could almost do better to stop pe- some people from learning by tr- by trying to easily give them the information yeah. you know oh yeah and then they're not interested like you, you like i i found that for myself as well they told me i couldn't so i did you know yeah and uh, my, my dad kicked me out of the house. Look at me now. I know that's <laughs> you know it's like, it's like that. Like they're logs on the fire. Mm-hmm. Man, they are. They're fuel. Well, with that, I think I may have stayed too long. I don't know that I've said too much, but nah, uh, it's, it's kind good. of my. I don't know if um, I said too much. Sometimes hey. I get going, and in my brutal honesty, you know, my brutal yeah. honesty is with all due respect to everybody, but it's also in my opinion. Except for like, one somebody, I guess. Yeah, but is it, is it wrong for somebody to say it or not to say it? Because if it's not brought up, we're put into a certain context. And, no, no. You know, no, if you, uh, nobody can talk about the elephant or nobody can have an opinion about the elephant they don't talk about, right? Exactly. Or, or not a valued opinion. You can yeah. have an opinion, but if you're keeping it to yourself, it's not part of the conversation. Fuck you. Yeah, that's where this has been nice, man. This, uh, this interview has been good. I've been able to get out some of my opinions and, you know, topics well, and things like that. If we need to edit that being said, if we need to edit anything, then you let me know too. Like uh nope. if you didn't want to go as hard after anybody. No, I'm good. I'm good. Derb, honestly, thanks for gracing my podcast with your brother. Athletes. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh yeah. we'll talk to you again. We'll see you in Hell City. Thanks for having me, very, man. Very briefly we'll see you in Hell City. We'll pass yeah, yeah, by but in my eyes you will know that I recognize you're too busy to talk. <laughs> I'll stop and give you a hug. That's all you get. I appreciate it, man. Take care. (laughs) All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Man, I was really excited to talk with Derb Morrison. He's been pushing tattooing uh, right to it. I mean, to the brain. He's been he's one of the founders of this new renaissance that he's talking about. And I've been there through its inception through the beginning. I shouldn't say inception. I'm watching it from a magazine. Does that make sense? I didn't know Derb's face, but I knew his name. 
because his his name would always be attached to these tattoo images that were blowing me away. And then finally, they did some coverage of Stained Skin, the tattoo studio he talked about. And that was where these awesome artists just congregated. And to have him on my podcast, to me, it's uh, I want you to know what it means to me. It means a lot to me. It's um, if you ever seen Sally, Sally Fields get her Oscar. This is my Oscar, my Sally Fields Oscar moment. Like you like me. You really like me. Uh, it, and maybe I'm stupid, right? It could all be fake, but uh, it's not. No, it's not. I, I, I love the acceptance that I've found inside of this tattooing world and um, from people with that I respect so much and Derb being one of those for sure. If you're not familiar with him, please do follow him. Uh, if you like sexy man ass, follow his Instagram. If you like sexy woman ass, follow his Instagram because there is plenty of that on there. Or if you just like tattoos, there's actually more of that on there. It's great, great stuff. Um, I, I really enjoy, like, even if, if we don't see Hell City, I will be disappointed. But I'll be more disappointed if I don't get to follow his Instagram and see what he's up to any day because uh, it's a lot of fun. Anyways, I'm signing off. You kids, thanks for listening. Again, put your comments in there. You know what? I didn't ask Derb if he needed to plug anything. I didn't even ask him his Instagram handle. All right. Well, you know the routine. We're going to have as many links as we possibly can. So click on them. And also comment, comment, comment. Thank you for your comments. I really think I might have a day I just read comments. Uh, I mean, maybe more questions than comments, because sometimes these comments are just niceties. Um, but I really also like your constructive criticisms as well. So thank you. All right. Later.